0: Welcome to another episode of the Trans Questioning Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. Today, I'm talking to Emily Lynch, who is a friend of mine from Twitter who is trans and 19 years old, and I don't know how to feel about that. But she's pretty cool, and this conversation was a lot of fun, so I'm going to get out of the way and let you hear that, and then I'll be back at the end to plug some stuff. So, yeah. Well, hello. Here we are. This is... I'm here with uh, Emily Lynch, or as some would know her by, at Emily on Twitter. Hello. Hello. I am, uh, as you've referred to me, as
1: uh, your friend from Twitter, Emily. I just... I noticed that, and you just, like, it's always the same phrasing, and it makes me laugh every time. (laughs) I'm just like, yeah, I only exist on Twitter. That's... (laughs)
0: I mean, that's that's whatever. Um, so, uh, in the past, I've interviewed uh, one one person, uh, Carter Manier, who, who is way more accomplished uh, than me. I mean, I wouldn't don't don't be down on yourself. <laughs> like she's she's got some years on you. You you're you're still getting started. It's fair, um, fair. <laughs> but uh, so you you messaged me. A while back, when 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 did you decide to bother me with your presence? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way of putting it.
1: That's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much how I feel interacting with everyone. <laughs> but uh, it happened weirdly enough. Uh, my friend Natalia, who you now know, uh, she yeah. she sent me a text message with your uh, with your coming out video, and she like told me like you need to watch this. This is very this really resonated with me. I don't know how she found it.
0: I, I probably, I actually probably know. Like I, uh, there was a, a trans Discord uh, that oh. I was a part of. Whenever I first joined, and um, I posted the video there, and uh, a lot of the people who were there are still people that i follow on twitter so it's probably that just that group of people it also could just be like her searching
1: through the tags yeah that's that's true
0: i do that on on reddit a lot but i goes oh. like to but but i don't do like a blanket search i'll go to the specific subreddits that, that's like, what am, what am I? yeah i'll go it's specifically like uh when i'm sitting by myself and i'm like why is nothing happening uh a uh, vis-, 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 vis HRT and so I'm like I'll go to Trans Timeline and be like search uh, uh, breast development and then look at people's timelines and be like okay alright I'm on track it's fine that is the most
1: stereotypical story I've heard of a trans woman <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've like I mean, being that's... like, because I'm still even in that stage. I'm like, it's been a year, still a cups. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> fuck um, off.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's goddamn my Irish background. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So you messaged me at one point.
1: I remember I I tweeted your video and I found your I found you on uh, Twitter and I made sure to tag you in it because that's kind of what I do. <laughs> Yeah, I like getting people's attention, even though I'm very scared about getting people's attention.
0: Mm, sounds it's like, like a millennial to me. Oh, well,
1: technically, I guess I'm Gen Z. It's hard.
0: I'm 1999, so it's like right on yeah, that edge. I, I know. So this is this is something that that kills me uh, every time it comes up, and I or just think about it is that yeah, I'm 10 years older than you. And that's, that's I don't know it. what to do with that information. Listen, I'm friends with people who are even older
1: than that. Like, I know a director oh, who's I mean, like 36.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm friends with lots of people who are all all over the place in terms of the age spectrum. But like,
1: if anything, I'm more used to encountering people who are like slightly older than you, where it's like the whole like early 90s mentality. Oh yeah, where like you seem to be a bit more closer to my range of like sort of childhood interests. Like, like the difference is not like, like entire, like, like the difference is less an entire decade and more like the difference between starting with Pokemon gold and going to Pokemon Emerald. Like that's really,
0: (laughs) well, I started with red and blue. (laughs) Ha ha. I dropped that shit on you anyway. So, uh, as far as like us getting along and like me being closer to you in general, I've, I've felt for a while that, um, kind of like youth culture crystallized not culture but like media brand sort of crystallized um i was visiting my brother's family a while back and uh his kids were like Talking about shit, and they're like, "Oh, Pokemon cards are so cool, and I love Yu Gi Oh, and all of these things." And I'm like,
1: "Those those franchises really took off."
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's well, it's it's just so weird to be like, "Oh my god, I I know these things better than they do." I remember specifically a moment in fifth
1: grade where like a kid was like. Oh yeah, I sometimes like I'll go back to Pokemon. I'm like, oh really? Well, there's the that, that event that's coming at Toys R Us. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, <laughs> I was like, you can get the God Pokemon. And like, it could, and he's like, stop, this is too dorky for me.
0: Yeah, stop being such a nerd, you nerd. That's the thing is, like,
1: I would get I get into stuff, but I dive hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I I do like the subculture that sort of sh- popped up now where i remember growing up that it was really uncool to be into things and that was something that i struggled against a lot because i've always been a very earnest person
1: now the funny thing is that there's people who are so into it that it gets really creepy
0: <laughs> oh yeah I, I mean like anything it swings too far in, in, in the opposite direction i can but uh i i'm, I'm really glad that that there's a wider awareness of, like, hey, enthusiasm isn't bad. Maybe it's good to love things that you love. That's a thing.
1: The... I find it funny because realizing now like I when I came of age with the internet it was like such in between this time of both like enthusiasm but also cynicism like everyone wanted to be above enthusiasm but also they really wanted to share the fact how much they loved certain like it was like everyone's like I love video games we should all share them but at the same time if anyone brought up like (laughs) like anything that could be slightly like seen down upon they would instantly be like oh I need to be cynical towards this.
0: Well, yeah, it's like, oh, I love video games, but also, don't video games suck? Okay, let's, hey, wouldn't it be funny if Pokemon actually literally killed each other? I think in my mind, that's sort of the origins of edgelord culture is like, I like things, but I don't want to admit that I like them, so I'm going to like them, ironically. That's the whole angry
1: video game nerd thing, isn't it? The whole, like, I I want to say that I like Nintendo, but I can't talk about the good things I have to talk about. I never got... Th- that was just something I missed, like, because, like, by the time, like, I was 14, like, by the time I was, like, old enough to actually, like, watch something with that much cursing in it, like, I would watch it and be like, oh, I've seen people do this better. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen people not do it without making physical animations of shit walking around, like... <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting, I guess, for a segue there, like, the internet has played, like, a weirdly integral part of my transition, and, like...
0: Oh. hey eh, see? I'm good with the segues. See... This 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 pisses me off though Because you're leading the conversation And this is not how this is supposed to go um, So I, I hear uh, Through the grapevine that the internet Like internet culture played a, a Weirdly pivotal role in your transition Why don't you talk about that? Why certainly, thank you for bringing up this topic Totally uh, without any uh, suggestion Yeah I...
1: <laughs> Well media in general has always been kind of Important to my life, like even as a kid Like like, I would run around, like, cause I was six years old, so I would run around and play sports in the backyard and stuff because I was six years old and full of energy. And of course, I would want to, like, smack a ball with a giant stick. Like, who, what six year old doesn't like doing that? Like, oh, yeah. If you're like, you get, I have the ability to smash something, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, but, it's shit's rad. But I would specifically. But I remembered much more often I would spend time inside watching TV and uh, playing video games. But it's interesting because, like, some of my earliest, like, trans memories are, like, related to, like, like, I remember watching, like, lots of, like cartoon shows where there'd be like involving like body swaps and stuff like that and i would weirdly be fascinated with it like i remember feeling strange but like really like feeling like this need to do that like i was like i'm gonna get a magic wand and be able to do that Yeah, because i was a kid and i was like and i didn't know why but for some reason i was very interested in the idea of switching with a girl Um, But never never it being permanent, of course. No, that would be silly. Uh, Girls have it so much harder. I just wanted (laughs) to try it out. Totally nothing strange. I realized going, like, the other day I realized, like, that's basically how my attitude went for a while was basically me, like... I didn't think I thought about that much, but it was more because I guilted myself out of it. Like, I would be like, yeah. oh, I'm curious what it's like. And I'd be like, no, women have it worse. You shouldn't like that. You shouldn't want to be like that. Uh, like, be be happy that you're a middle class white male in right. the most free country in the world. You have all the privilege you can have uh, without being in any sort of higher or classist position. You are the prime, like consideration of what the <laughs> average person is and then i held myself to you're that de,
0: you're you're the uh, as dan Harmon would say you're a default person yeah i held <laughs> myself to that and i held that's the thing isn't it wasn't a joke to me like
1: i physically held myself to like oh well this is how i'm designed especially didn't help because i was my family's never like super religious but i i'm very superstitious and I have like a few OCD tendencies. I have never been officially diagnosed with OCD, but I have like a bit of an
0: obsession part of me. So like, yeah, that's probably true for most people.
1: Like, I had this thing where I would like, if I was scared, I would like pinch myself, like in a dream, like, and I associated that from a young age because I didn't understand when I first heard it that that meant you'd wake up if you pinch yourself. I thought that just meant oh, the scary things go away. Ah, so. I did that for 12 years of my life. Well, maybe not that long, but it was, like... It was, like, decently into my teens that I did it. And it was, like, very... Very unhealthy sort of practices like that. That sort of... I don't know. So, like, that sort of thing. Like, I would hold myself, too. It almost got almost solipsophy, if that makes sense. If anyone doesn't know what that is, that's, like...
0: Yeah, solipsistic? Yeah,
1: solipsistic. Like... It's basically kind of believing that, like, sort of, like, everything's designed, like, based around you. Like, you could be... It's kind of like a Matrix situation. And, like, I had the idea of, like, this is all a test. So I can't indulge in anything.
0: Yeah, i think that's to. Yeah, that's, like, a... Uh... That's a teenager thing, and I remember feeling the same way, and it's sort of... I remember my sister even mentioned it at the dinner table, and I was like, I feel that too. She goes, no, you're just a
1: simulation. You're just saying that to trick me.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny how that works. Um, That, to me, is sort of the test of when one has become mature, is when they're able to sort of step back from that, because just the nature of subjectivity, it's borderline impossible to imagine... Like other people having the same conscious experience you do, but you have to sort of take it on trust that they do. Uh, I mean, and that, that's that the... me is, yeah, that's like the mark of becoming a mature adult. And it's amazing how many people on the internet seem to have failed just that, just that. <sighs> It's, it's interesting to me,
1: too, because, like, it sort of—that sort of developed, like, that guilt process basically kind of climaxed when, like, sort of eighth grade, the worst the worst year in anyone's life. There's a reason that that new Bo Burnham movie is called Eighth Grade, and he specifically mentions in everything, he's like, that is the year everyone has it worst. And— that's especially true when you're trans and don't know it and going through puberty and are really confused all the time and all your friends abandon you. But like it all kind of comes to a head around that point cuz like I remember the specific moment. I was reading in class. I we have like so I'm in Massachusetts, so we like there's those standardized tests that every state has. So we did like our version. Like I believe Florida has something called the Fcat. Here in Massachusetts it's called the MCAS. And I finished it and I brought a book to read. I brought uh, the third Hunger Games book because I had finished the first two I was in sixth grade. And uh, now after sixth grade, I just couldn't read anymore, apparently, because I never finished a book after that, really. <laughs> I was reading it and for some reason and I was kind of just bored. I was like, we finished the test. I just kind of want to go home and <laughs> watch Teen Titans. But I was I was sitting there and I was bored and I was like thinking about a girl that. I thought I had a crush on, I don't think I did in retrospect, because I had this, I was like trying to have like that typical teenager fantasy thing of like, oh, like, what would it be like if we were together? And like, I imagined like looking at her through a mirror, but then I realized you can't look at someone through a mirror, so I would look down in the fantasy and I realized, well, I was... I was imagining I was her. Yes. And I felt something clicked in that one moment that just forever just haunted me. Because that was, like, the first moment where I was, like, there was a tangible way of seeing from a perspective that I had imagined. Like, the other ways, like, what I imagined as a kid were, like, they were impossible ways of seeing. Like, but at this point, it was someone who was my own age, around my height. And it was easy for me to imagine the idea of, like, seeing from their perspective but so impossible to imagine the idea of the sensations and sort of the idea of being that comfortable in that body. And it just clicked yeah. in that moment, this idea of, like... Because my whole life, I kind of hated myself. Like, I remember specifically, like, looking in the mirror, staring at myself and being like, you're so ugly. And I would just tell myself that a lot. And I would... Like, my mom asked, like, always says I was a very happy kid, but I swear I asked her a million times why she didn't just say I was ugly. And, like... <laughs> There was just, like, at that moment, for once, something felt right, and immediately I got scared. Immediately, yeah. like, I got both obsessed and scared. Like, I was like... But, like, I, be, it, it was a weird thing because I got obsessed with it because it felt so right, but I couldn't admit to myself that that meant that maybe... Because I know what being trans was. Like, I didn't know the full thing of it, but I knew people transition from male to female i thought they had to be into dudes at the time which turns out i am i sort of thought to myself like oh there's no way i can be i'm that it's just i'm curious i'm just curious that's why i spent the so i immediately like i thought of it as the body swap thing so immediately i was like I I like at this point I learned of TV tropes because I was a writer and I love looking up stuff about sitcoms and uh that I that I would watch with my parents and movies that I was interested in. Uh this is before I was really a, a movie buff, but I would still like look up stuff like that. And I I remember I was like why don't I look for more shows that have this in it and stuff like that. And then I found out that I was weirdly fascinated about the male to female ones and that there was a separate trope for that. So I went to that and I read that page for eight hours. I, I just went off offshoots of that and obsessed with it for so long. I had my iPad with me. Like I had this little iPad mini that had just come out at that time and I just was like, I need to look everywhere for this. This is super fascinating to me. I love this. I was... I was so worried that someone was going to look at me while I was doing it, but I couldn't focus on anything else. I was like, I was supposed to be doing my math homework. I did none of it that night because I was just like, I need to learn more about this. And then it became time for bed. And I realized I was going to have to put my iPad in the middle of the kitchen where someone could access it and look at the web history. So I stopped for two months. And then it came back again. And then it was on and off like that every other day for the rest of the year, just constantly fascinated with it. And I remember specifically, like, I even when I stopped like looking at online, I would still constantly have it on my mind. You know, like I would be like, I, I don't know how to like. I remember specifically, like, I had a dream, like I had a dream where like nothing about me was changed. I was just, I looked the same, but I was in a dress, but everyone was treating me as female. I remember being really happy in the dream. And then I woke up early uh, before school, an hour before I was supposed to wake up. And I just broke down crying because it just felt like I just felt like I had I, I, I and then I got mad at myself because I wanted it so bad. I was like, you can't want this. You can't you can't want this. And I remember specifically like I had the tick of like I would slap myself like to try and inflict pain to try and be like. Because I thought that was something... Because like, people will do that on TV shows and stuff if they're angry at themselves. But I had no idea the severity of how I would do that to myself. And I remember yeah. specifically the ride on the bus being like one of the most like depressing, depressing-ridden like, rides of my life. And that whole day just being haunted by that dream. And it didn't stop for the rest of the year. I just kept... I would find YouTube videos I would watch them and I was I, and I kept convincing myself this isn't this this can't be real. And eventually it just got to a point where I was I was I would be trying cross dressing with my sister's clothes. I would be doing this and I'd be telling myself You can't admit this to anyone ever. You can never... I was telling myself I could never have alcohol at at all in my life because there was a risk someone could find out, and I could tell them that I did this once, and I should be always ashamed of myself for that. And I would beat myself up for it. And it got... Basically, it got to a point where... This is the funny thing. It coincides with the day I made my high school baseball team, which is the funniest (laughs) coincidence. (laughs) yeah um i should say i made it because everyone made it and i was the bench warmer the whole season because i sucked but <laughs> <laughs> but i uh i remember specifically like i was obsessed with uh like looking at images that day and stuff like that i was doing it and i came across one that was a drawing that basically was called uh, like reality transformation and it's like the idea of like this person gets a delivery of a bikini to their house and like in most of these drawings it'll be like oh it, it changed me into a woman oh boy when this one nothing happens <laughs> and the person just breaks down crying instantly and i just that one just punched me in the gut and i was like and i felt myself beginning to like tear up and i was like no i, I can't be all sad about this that means i'm I really want this and I can't really want this. I have to just be curious. I can't. Uh, Like I was like, what if uh, this was also before I knew about being genderqueer. So like in my head, my excuse was, Oh, I just sometimes want to be a girl. That doesn't mean I'm not a boy. Right. And of course now I know that is also a thing. It isn't what I am. I was making up excuses but it was, it was basically, even then that was a thing that I should have known about. And I basically just in that moment, like I looked up stuff about the artists who had drawn that and I found out they used to draw those transformation things too, but they hadn't ah. since come out as trans and were much happier and had quit doing it because it didn't give them joy anymore and that they preferred to be themselves and yeah. in that moment I just kind of looked in the mirror I was like I have to admit this don't I I don't Oof. want to I yeah. really don't want to especially cause like and I was like fine and then like the, I'm pretty sure you've experienced this when you accept it the dysphoria goes away for a day at least it did in my case like it's like it, yeah. it went away and I was like oh I guess I'm not really trans.' <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day happened I was like fuck it nope it's back alright <laughs>
0: I can't deny it now. God damn it. So like, this is, this is something, um, part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you is that, uh, as a person, I see a lot of myself in you, like when I was 19. Um, but our, our experience is, our experiences diverge in some really interesting ways. Um, it's it's one of those things where I feel like I was just I was born a few years too too early because uh, this this sort of awareness of transgender people as sort of normal and like a, a relatable life experience I guess just didn't exist when I was in high school. Well, that's the thing; it didn't really exist for me either. Exactly, like
1: it's so I had to search for that. Really,
0: yeah, but but it but it was it was there. It sort of. If I had if I had searched for it I wouldn't have I wouldn't have even really been able to find anything.
1: That's true. Like I like the common exception like as I said like at the time I knew nothing about it other than like the stories of like this man wants to get so, like a sex change in prison. Oh, yeah. Will you let your taxes pay for that? And I, <laughs> and I just accepted yeah. like oh yeah there's someone to like it's they're just really a, they're just really super gay men. And like sure. they're just autogynophiles. Oh no, it didn't help that and I can't really blame my mom for this, but she had to try... like my mom wanted to set in that it was normal to be gay as a kid. So she did and she but I didn't quite get the lisp thing as a kid why there'd be kids who like had the effeminate personalities as a kid so my mom yeah. just easy way of explaining it is oh I they want to be girls like she just was like I, I don't know how to explain this at the time to my kid just this is an easy one <laughs> Yeah. And that completely confused me because I confused those for the rest of how she then like I can't blame her. How could she know like that I was gonna be, end up <laughs> end up being a pussy, you know? I
0: <laughs> Yeah. It's it's all yeah, it's weird. Um when you when you talk about like dysphoria, this is one of the things that I uh I struggle with a little bit when when talking with you because um you you seem to deal with dysphoria pretty frequently, and it's not something that gets to me that often, and I'm still trying to figure that out because it's unclear if it's because... I think it's more of a thing right now where...
1: it Like, if you met me, like, three years ago or so, like, it would have seemed a bit more normal. Like, because I was a bit more, like... Like, I would, like, crawl under, like, my blanket and just, like, yeah. you know, not be okay. But that was, like, an every night thing where I just was like, yeah, I just speak with no emotion in my voice. That's normal.
0: Everyone <laughs> thought
1: I was constantly sarcastic at my school because, and I was most of the time. But <laughs> yeah everyone, like, thought I was, like, emotionless and hated everybody. I kind of did hate everybody, but that was for other reasons. <laughs> but Sure they 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 kind of because I just spoke with no emotion in my like I had no emotion in my speaking pattern cuz I had no emotion. I was constantly depressed. But I just yeah. I saw that as the normal. And I feel like since getting on HRT, I can differentiate I can differentiate the normal from the attacks now. The attacks are less than normal. So like the reason I'm affected a bit more strongly, I guess I would say, is just that I'm in a place now where I feel like I made the changes but I worry that I didn't do it well enough. And it feels like and I think that's maybe what affects it more is the idea of just constantly being like thinking to myself like what if I failed like while doing this like yeah. what what if I what if I <laughs> I like. I sometimes I'm like I came out too late. I and I realize I'm like I came out at 16. That's
0: pretty. I didn't come out at six. Like yeah, that's about as early as you can get. Since I've come out, uh, I've I've been trying to figure out what my dysphoria is because I don't feel it as much. And there have been a couple of times when I've been out uh, outside and um, I'm not presenting. Yet. But I do wear like all female clothes. It's just like it's just like pants and tight fitting shirts and stuff. Um, right, right. And there there are times when I do feel like a lot of eyes on me. And that's something that I felt. A lot for like my entire life uh, i've never felt comfortable in public but it's more intense when she reali- once you realize once you once you finally
1: start getting comfortable with yourself almost it becomes almost like a self-conscious thing I think that's the other thing you have to realize is that i am going in uh i'm basically going into puberty only like two years after finishing puberty so like it's been only
0: an emotional roller coaster my entire life basically <laughs> yeah it's it's all fresh for you like this is one of the things that i've been struggling with is Depression has kind of ruined my uh, uh, retroactively, ruined my entire life in that a lot of my memories are just gone and the ones that are there are sort of poisoned because this is a a documented side effect of depression is that it does fuck with short-term and long-term memory. Um, And of course, when you remember something, you're essentially rewriting the chemical bond. So the more times that you remember something and you're sad, the more sad that memory becomes. So I remember puberty is like, Uh, I was fine. I was fine. I was fine. And then I hit puberty and like my, my body started to become something that I was deeply uncomfortable with. Uh, and it was like, I was, I was becoming this horrible monster. And I explicitly remember writing in journals and stuff like, uh, you know, everybody everybody is, hates me and is disgusted by me. And if I could just, if they could just see me, see my, see me on the inside, they would know that I'm a good person and that I'm worth their time. But all they can see is the outside. Which, like, I guess retro. Like, this is what's so difficult about trying to parse my memories is that I don't know if I can classify my feelings as dysphoria. And I think, like, logically, that's what they were. But they just felt like depression to me. But then, what else would it feel like? and there there just came a point when i resigned myself to being the the lumpy monster that i was and i just stopped feeling anything and then 10 years passed i feel like physically hurt hearing you describe yourself
1: like that like i just want to like run over <laughs> and give you a hug yeah um because because i totally had like the same feelings like i just was like oh, i'm just I'm just basically gonna be my dad for the rest of my life. Like I'm supposed. Like my dad was already gearing to me like, "Oh, you need to learn Mandarin in college so you can go be be better at business than I am, because that's where the real money is." I'm like, I don't even know what I want to do. I just resigned myself to be like, this is this is what everyone else does. And like, even if I wanted to go write like a TV show or something, I was like, "Well, I gotta have the wife and the two kids." And <laughs> it's it, it's it, it,
0: it's it's so funny in my case because. I knew I wanted to be an artist and I knew I didn't give a shit about like any of those expectations for me. Uh, and I was always like, I was writing a lot back then and I, uh, uh, I I was I was way into that. But for whatever reason, I was very like, oh, I've, I'm just a guy and that's me. And, you know, I mean, it was like that just for sexuality, where it's like, I might be attracted to fellas, but I'm not gay. Um, and <laughs> y- That's such a southern thing, way to put it. I might
1: be attracted to fellas. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it, you say that, it only makes me think of the uh, crack on a cold one with the fellas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah and that's that's just like my whole my whole experience of like slowly coming out is oh hey here i uh coming out like i'm gay wait no i'm not maybe i'm bisexual uh yes but no uh maybe i'm asexual uh no but yes and it that's it's sort of like whittling away the experience or uh, the the possibilities and it's funny where i've landed is this sort of nothing is real anymore i was uh, when i was in italy there was a conversation that happened where my uh, uh, my my fellow travelers that's a weird way to put that my fellow <laughs> travelers we were all at a bar my fellow journeymen you know yes uh we were we were sitting sitting at a bar waiting for an npc to give us a quest and <laughs> Uh, somebody started talking about a relationship and one person brought up like, Oh yeah, this person is into like open relationships and that's just, you know, doomed to fail. And it's like, oh, I should always be skeptical when somebody wants to be in an open relationship. Cause that just means they want to sleep around. And I'm, I'm sort of sitting there like, I can't imagine a relationship that is like perfectly monogamous for myself. I, uh, I've I've like r- I just realized in that moment that my my ideal relationship at this point has just become let's have a family of like <laughs> six or seven people.
1: That seems to be very popular in the trans community right now. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I think a big part of it for me at least was was sort of I've long since recognized that I cannot be all things for a person. There are certain things that I like first, like there are things that I just can't be for somebody. And I feel feel like it's, it's entirely unfair for me to like expect them to just, not want or need the things that they want or need Just because we're in a relationship Right, right And, and yeah, like it's I, I like the idea of, of sort of a relationship community
1: I think there's almost also an attractive part of it In the sense of like With a lot of queer people It's like the idea of like It's the idea of people who can It's the idea of getting a family Who finally understands your experience around you Like most people like Yeah Most people <laughs> I don't think there are many people who are like in a family who are like, oh, I came out as trans and then so did my dad. And then everyone else uh, came <laughs> out as gay. And then every we were all a queer hep feet Like, that's like the most rare thing in the world. Yeah. Maybe maybe on the uh, the West Coast. It's funny because I'm starting to see more of those things kind of happen. Like, I remember I, I was on uh, Reddit the other day and I saw a post that was basically like that basically it was like I came out as non-binary and then my mom did, too. Oh, yeah. And it was like the sort of this idea of like it's which I feel like it's an important part of like I think that's sort of something that is happening more often now, which is that people are feeling it feels like things are getting a lot more normalized, which of course means that we're facing the most opposition like openly.
0: Yeah, because
1: like that's how it works is like when you finally get uh, like because before it's just like dismissed outright, which like you could say is like. More negative, but it's a lot less like if people just kind of dismiss it, they're like, Oh, like that. Like, they won't. This is the point when it gets to more like when it gets more normalized, people get start getting a lot. People who disagree with it start getting a lot more
0: attacky, assaulty. Yeah, the way that it seems to work is, um, there's an issue that a lot of people sort of think is silly, and then. Uh, there they're gets like a step forward where it's like, oh, these people just want whatever, let's give them like some sort of legal re- recognition. And it's like the great victory. And then, like, they still are asking for things. And it's like, oh, now these trans people are demanding all of these, you know, and that's when it starts becoming oh, violent. They want to not be harmed, <laughs> they want me to
1: stop punching them. <laughs>
0: So, the only other thing that I really wanted to touch on, uh, kind of selfishly, just because it's on my mind, uh, you brought up uh, when you were um, experimenting, like, wearing your sister's clothes and feeling, like, really guilty about that.
1: Um, Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever told my sister that exactly. I'm pretty sure at this point she's assumed,
0: but, like... Sure. So, I'm at the point now where, like, I've been on HRT for uh, two months, almost... Almost three months now. Holy shit. Um, And it's sort of dawning on me like, hey, sooner or later, I'm going to have to start like really presenting uh, full time. Well, it depends on your preference. Well, yeah, I know. I know that's true.
1: Like for me, I couldn't present for a while because I was I I was in school when I started HRT, (laughs) which I think I told you stories of like being uh, being closeted on HRT in high school and then I think the most awkward thing has to be when the press production starts to happen and you start bumping into chairs it becomes Uh, a lot harder to to stop, not show how
0: in pain you are so that's something that's that's been on my mind a lot Like that, uh, a lot of people have said oh HRT you start bumping into door frames and you're like ah fuck and that hasn't really happened to me and I've been thinking about it like How often do you, like, push yourself up against door frames that that's something that happens? (laughs) I'm just clumsy,
1: that's why. I'm clumsy. That's fair, yeah. But also, it took me until, like, three months for something like that to happen. Like, it was right towards the end of the school year, and it just got hard. I don't know how nobody got the fact that I was trans or like, like I remember specifically I was talking to someone who graduated with me and she was like, yeah, and like we were all kind of, I was talking to her cause she was pretty cool. And she's like, yeah, you seem like you, you always seem pretty cool in high school, but I'm, I was, I think everyone was surprised. I was like, how did no one know? And she's like, no one really thought about it. And I send her a picture of me and graduated, She goes, uh, okay, yeah, you do totally look like a girl. We should have totally seen this comic. <laughs>
0: well, that's the, that's the thing, though, is that when people are around you all the time, they don't see the change. They just sort of see you, um, which is also kind of how... I see like we see ourselves is like, oh, nothing has changed. So I'm, I'm, approaching, I'm approaching that point where, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's up to me whether I do start like presenting full time, but for, for better or worse, it's sort of where I see myself going. I have a whole suite of more explicitly feminine clothes that I'll wear for a little bit like around the house. But if my roommate comes home and he knows, and he's on board, like he's driven me to appointments and stuff, but I like when he comes home, I like rush into my room and change clothes. Like I still feel like embarrassed and ashamed and I can't imagine going out in public. I still kind of feel that way just with like my, my tighter pants and my tighter shirts that are like bright colors. Um, And so, I see pictures of you, uh, like, out in, like, sundresses and shit. Um, And I'm just curious, like, how long did it take you to sort of get over that? And what what did you do? I'll put it this way. I'm very...
1: I'm, I'm relating a lot to what you're saying, and I'll put it this way. I came out to my parents at the beginning of 2015. Like, that was when I came out to my parents so they knew for years i did not present in front of my parents until around april 2017 oh wow it took me two years to even and well no i presented for my mom once but it got more complicated once i ordered breast forms because then i got really embarrassed like i was terrified because like it took me like a year and a half to present in front of my mom because i didn't i was too it was awkward when i came out to my parents as it usually is (laughs) like (laughs) i i have yet to talk i I, there are so few people i have talked to who like when i went to the uh i went to uh contrapoints meetup earlier this week and like i even mentioned to her i like her I, i find it funny that my uh my conservative uh friend who even told me to my face that he hated trans people had a better reaction to me coming out to him than my mom did and she was like oh that's just that's common like my mom had the same reaction (laughs) yeah like my favorite thing was that she said like that her mom basically was like but you have such masculine interests like music (laughs) and she was like what (laughs) yeah she's like oh yeah masculine Music. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the thing my My mom was like, my mom was like, you watch such guy movies. I'm like, mom, those are your favorite movies too. Like, you love pulp fiction too. What are you talking about? (laughs) Like, after that, like, I came out to my parents, which the most awkward thing that I like telling everyone, and if my dad listens to this, he's going to be probably a little angry with me for saying this, but I swear, I came out to them, and my dad's first words to me were, Are you sure you're not a homosexual? In 2015, have you have you tried not being a mutant? <laughs> my very the best part about that is not only did he say that, but he says that, and he has a gay sister. Oh, weird! <laughs> so he should know better. I thought I was a lesbian at the time, so I was like. Well, I mean, technically, but not in the way you think.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That was always an awkward thing was at that time I was very like, oh, it's not too weird. I'm into girls still. And like my parents like that, that doesn't make it that much more normal. But I'm like, no, for some reason in my mind, it made me think that it would make it so much normal. So when I found out that I wasn't really into girls and more into guys, it became a thing. I'm like, well, I can't tell them now.
0: I think from a cis, from like a cis perspective, it's easier to swallow because it's like, like, Oh, you're still kind of. Yeah. The, like I, I, I imagine there's a part of them that's sort of, well, not your parents necessarily, but generally speaking, uh, I can imagine somebody like having a hard time internally, like, deciding oh you're you are actually a woman and like thinking of you like conceptualizing you that way so when you're into girls it's sort of like oh yeah that's normal that's what uh uh guys i mean uh uh people like you are into it basically was like it was clear my
1: parents were uncomfortable with it and i was uncomfortable with the idea that they were uncomfortable so like i avoided from for the next two days and my parents were like you really need to like talk to us actually sometimes cuz it's making you us believe that you hate us. Oh. And I was like, okay, that's fair. I probably shouldn't be <laughs> I probably <laughs> shouldn't be staring at my food like they'll be like, oh, how's your food?" and I'm like I'm just not saying anything. Like it's right. <laughs> That that does that does has bad connotations to it. I But like that whole year like whenever I bring it up, it's just it just was clear that like they were trying to learn but I was so far ahead that it was really really uncomfortable it also did not help that that was also the year that Caitlyn Jenner came out Uh. so like my mom was like did you hear the news about Caitlyn Jenner and I'm like yeah so? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Mom, I came out, like, when one of the big news stories was a trans girl killing herself, why is this one more important? She's, like, which the real answer is basically, because this one has money. I was so uncomfortable with the idea of doing it in front of my parents. Like, I it got to this point where I was on HRT, and I would still be rushing to... Go to the bathroom, like, go to the bathroom and change and stuff and be afraid to do it. But eventually, like, it's funny because I did a lot more weirder shit with my parents for the transitioning, like, beforehand. Like, I had to go to the sperm bank with my parents. You have never felt pure awkwardness until you've done that. Oh, I'm sure that's really awkward. Like I was like, I was like, "Oh, are you ready to go inside?" I'm like, "Can we not discuss it in the parking lot?" And goes, and my dad literally turns and goes, "What? We're not discussing technique." Oh no. <laughs> and he just bursts out laughing. and goes, "I get one." Although I still do love my story of we go in there and like she's asking me like, "Oh, like, because some people get it done to like donate to specific people and stuff like that." And like, "Oh, would you like to send it to anyone?" And my response was just to look at the lady and just go, "Can I have it gift wrapped?" <laughs> and just my mom, my like it's just silence, and then all of a sudden, you just hear my parents back and go, <laughs> and just, just start laughing. Oh, that's great. But he was weird. I was afraid of of like presenting, it. and eventually, I just kind of forced it. And like I was like, all right, this is really weird. And I just watched. (laughs) I just came downstairs, sat on a food on like the one of the sofas in our living room. But I I I was on like the opposite end of them. And I just was like, all right, here we go. And I just (laughs) they were watching TV. I just played DS on the opposite side of them. And I was like, this is progress. This is (laughs) that's basically it. You just have to will yourself to do something that maybe doesn't involve you even talking at all, just you being there, (laughs) and just like. that idea of, like, you're present, but, like, it, it's present, but it's not something that involves you, like, explaining it to anyone. It's more the idea of just, like, like you tell people, like, all right, I'm going to do it tonight, and they'll know about it, and then... When you do it, you just make it so it's not something... Because, like, if you talk about it the first time you do it, it's going to be really awkward. Like, it just was something where, like, I kind of had to will myself to do it, like, one night, two nights, three nights. And eventually, it just got to a point where I was like, all right, I, I got out of school and I could do it every day. And I just decided, fuck it, I'm going to force myself to. I, I'm out of school. I'm allowed to. So I was like all right, I'm going to try to do it every day now. And it was, a. but I wouldn't leave the house. It was just the idea of just, I have everything I need in the house. Uh, How I would do it, I would just like go in the backyard or something was how I would spend my time, you know? Like, or I would yeah. go play video games. The first time I kind of went out, like, it was basically, it's funny because the more I think about it, the more I realize the times I I force myself to come out of the house in... In female clothing was kind of um forcing myself to buy out of almost out of laziness uh. but it wasn't like particular laziness it was like sort of like the idea of like hey i already got dressed to like in this thing that i really enjoy wearing and now i need to go walk the dog and i'm like well i'm going to cover myself with a sweatshirt because i'm happy the way i'm dressing like this Okay. Why would I want to destroy that? And a few weeks later, I was going to go. Uh, I had never. This is still the only Miyazaki movie I've seen, and I hadn't seen one at this point. I saw that uh, Totoro was playing. I was like, "That's an, er, that's a good one to start off with." So I don't start off with like the big magnum opuses, but I start off with the more family friendly, easy to get into ones. So yeah, I don't start yeah, off with the director's work. It's,
0: it's better to start there
1: instead of Dark Souls, but. I was like, I want to do this, and I was like, all right. (sighs) But I already got dressed, and I already put on makeup, and I'm really... I was like, I really want to do this. And in that time, I was kind of like... I... I just kind of realized I was reaching a point where I just was like... I can't keep hiding in here. I can't. I, I... I want to. But... It's not healthy. And it's it. Sh- I should just. I, w- I was. I mean, like the first time I did, I just did a simple t-shirt and jeans. But I was like, this is still like a big thing. Like it, it shows off like, like my body, like my, like the shape of it, which I'm trying to make feminine. Like yeah, it's a big step compared to everything else. And I was kind of freaking out, but I was like. I should do this. I, I'm I I should finally leave the house like this. So I did. And that drive was both freeing and terrifying. I made it in. I I kind of at first had to like take a breath before I walked in and like <laughs> I just kind of like was so afraid to use my voice. I just kind of like handed the ticket to the like the ticket (laughs) I printed offline to the online to the to the ticket checker, and I was like, "Ah, here you go." And just I go, and no one seems to give me a second look, really. And I'm like, "All right, I guess that's a good sign." And then the movie ends, and I'm like, "All right, that went pretty well." And then I have to go to the bathroom, and I go, well, that's a terrible thing. Ooh, yeah. And I'm like, so I either risk it and drive a half an hour home, or I have to make a choice. And (laughs) the funny thing is, now thinking about it, I realize I spent five minutes on a futon in between the two bathrooms, just (laughs) just sitting there contemplating, like, What do I do? Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) But I forced myself in, and I immediately was terrified. Like, I immediately, like, kept my head down, walked into the stall. Like, I was like, no one, if anyone sees me in here, I'm going to get beat up. I'm going to get beat up. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I walk out, and I'm like, no one's here. All right, good. I can wash my hands. Someone comes in. I turn around, and it's clear that they saw my face and thought nothing of it. They're just like, oh, yeah, that's another lemon. And, like, at four months HRT, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> Basically, my advice would be sort of you kind of have to force yourself into the, into the big steps, but you really have to make sure that you don't – like, you know it's a big deal, but you have to try and minimize it in ways – like, do it in a way that makes you – sort of, like, it's something you're going to do anyway. Like, for me, since I love movies, I was like, I want to go see a movie. That could be a good one for you, too, because you also... (laughs) Like, it could also be, like, sort of something that, like, isn't... I mean, it also helps that during a movie, like, you're only really seen at the beginning and end. It's funny, because once I got out, I realized, like, oh, people really aren't as judgmental as, like, you expect them to be sometimes? Like, like, they're... It's interesting because even when I've been misgendered, like, and people refer to me as Serb, they, I feel like it's no big deal, even though I'm clearly wearing women's clothing. So it's like, even when I apparently don't pass, people really don't care? <laughs> yeah. I guess getting back to the internet thing, it helps, like, me growing up in the time, because, like, my introduction to everything was basically, like, Reddit. Like, it was interesting because, like, for a while, I just looked at it. Like, I didn't have an account or anything. I just looked specifically like there was one girl who i saw a picture of and said and she said three months hrt and i looked at her and goes this is one of the most beautiful girls i've seen in my entire life and she's like me like that was the first moment in my life where i just was like uh i need to come out yeah that's amazing because you start realizing in that moment because this is before like the whole doubt sits in of like oh other people that's the first moment where crystallizes like it's possible. Like, like yeah, sure, no, you've seen other people who are huge. pretty, but then you see someone who's like, especially considering she has kind of similar facial structure to me, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it. I can do this. It also helped that, like, around that time, I had discovered uh, a few uh, trans webcomics that I was reading. Oh, yeah, that. those those help a lot. I was reading one that was specifically about a uh, trans girl like, that was recent. That was, like, about, like, this trans girl going to a uh, a private school as a girl and having no one know that they were, uh, that they were trans, not even the uh, administration. And I couldn't stop reading it. For three days, I read it, like, almost constantly. I had one day in class, and that one day, I just spent it just being like, I gotta get home and read it. I gotta get home and read it. <laughs> like... It just was something that hit me because there, it, like I, I, finished it and I just was like, I want that. I want. I really want to feel like that comfortable, <laughs> and like, I unfortunately, never really got to do it at my high school. I was too afraid to. But
0: well, I mean, that's how it. That's how it goes. At that
1: point, I was, I was thinking I wasn't even gonna come out until after, like, come out to anyone until after high school. And it just kind of, that's what motivated me the most to be like, I have to come out. And, like, I just sort of in that moment realized, like, I'm, I can do it. The idea of being able to live as a woman, like, like, it was something I was previously so fascinated with. And now I have, I realized, I have a chance. I can fucking do this. And it's terrifying at first, but it took me a month to really to handle it, but eventually I sort of just committed to it. I was like, I'm going to come out. I'm going to do this. And my plan slowed and things took longer than I expected, but eventually I did. And I'm so much happier now. I have a boyfriend who loves me. I have i i have films with my name on them i i my parents call me their daughter and refer to me as she i have i'm considered like that's big to me like i never thought that was going to happen like i was scared like last year i was scared that my parents would never be able to see me as their daughter But I mean, I feel like there's no better sign of of them seeing me as my daughter, as their daughter by basically saying, yeah, we're not comfortable with you going alone anywhere.
0: There you (laughs) go. Yeah, that's perfect.
1: (laughs) I was like, I guess that means I'm not, they don't see me as a guy at all anymore because they were like, nope, you, you, you are in danger everywhere.
0: (laughs) So where can, oh my God. So where
1: can people find you, Emily? Uh, You can find me at AdequateEmily on Twitter. I have a blog. The URL for it is AdequateEmilyReviews, all one word, com. But I haven't updated that in a bit because I am moving to YouTube very soon. I am going and yeah. maybe by the time that this is out. Probably not, though. I am very lazy. But uh, my YouTube channel is also called a- Adequate Is also Adequate Emily. I have my first ever short film on there, Boston Suicide Club. I stream at twitch.tv slash Adequate Emily. And other than that, I, I'm i just around. If you want to see me
0: shitpost a lot,
1: just go to my Twitter. You'll see a lot of it.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to to come on my show and It's, it's your only soul. been several months in the making. Yeah, no, we've been talking about doing this for a while. And I finally got voice therapy. Yeah. Finally left you fin- yeah, you finally you feel finally comfortable. Left yeah, hopefully... You can come back on another time, and we can. Oh yeah, I'd love to. Time. This was yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be
1: a little. Le- I'll
0: let you take the stage. <laughs> I get talkative when I'm nervous. <laughs> no, it's okay. That's that's the point of a podcast. It's better than silence. Point of the podcast
1: is just rambling, and then someone will find it interesting. Yeah, somebody will probably find it interesting. And you know. I listen to the podcast, so I'll count. I'll yeah. find my rambling interesting. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll you'll love this episode. I'll be like this. Emily chick's annoying. <laughs> She's talking <laughs> over Sarah. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's
0: all good. Wow, that was a that was a fun conversation there that, that you just listened to. That was a good, yeah. So uh, yeah, I enjoyed that and I uh, might have Emily on the show again in the future because, you know, she's accessible <laughs> uh, and there was a lot that I wanted to talk about that we didn't get to. I am endlessly fascinated by the experiences of somebody who is very similar to me but is like 10 years younger and in a, in a very different sort of social position just a couple of quick personal updates yes i'm back from italy in my present timeline it is august 15th 2018 <laughs> i um got back from italy on the 5th or 6th something something along those lines i don't know and uh, it was uh, it was a good time the last two days were stressful uh because I was in Bologna by myself for a while, and that was actually really nice, but I um my my uh, my debit card expired uh, at the beginning of August, which I knew was happening. so right before I left to Italy, I uh, uh, pulled a couple hundred bucks out and bought like a prepaid card that it was like the only one that I could find across like three separate stores that would work overseas. Uh, So I I bought that card and I loaded it up and I brought it with me and uh, ended up using it a couple of times because, of course, with bills and the times that we spent in like Rome and Venice and other places, like uh, uh, food was expensive and uh, it was more expensive than I was expecting. So my funds ran short faster than I was hoping. Uh, And so, you know, I was using that all throughout the trip. And I knew that I would want it uh, come the, the my, my few days that it was away from the program or I was just on my own because, you know, I, it, you want money to pay for food and for like gifts and stuff, which I had been mostly avoiding getting uh, up until that point because I didn't want to have to haul it around everywhere. So uh, what I did not realize was going to happen was that yeah, the um, <laughs> the card that I bought also expired uh, come August 1st, because you buy those little prepaid cards, and they're like, cool, great. Now we're going to send you one with your name on it. So they sent me one with my name on it, and then come August 1st, it was expired, so I couldn't use it anymore. Luckily, I had pulled out you know, 40 euro before going to Bologna and I had a bunch of change and it's easy uh, with change in euro. It's like, you know, they have uh, one euro coins and two euro coins. So you break a 20 and you get like five or six euro in change and you're so used to just like, oh, my change is just like pennies and nickels and dimes that I will never use. And um, so there would be times so I'd like open my wallet and I'm like, fuck, why do I only have like 15 euro? This is terrible. And then I would go through my change and I'm like, oh, there's like another 20 here and just change. So I was in that position with Bologna uh, when I was on my own there for three days. And uh, it was not uh, I had just enough to eat. I know this episode's already running really long. Um, the point is it was it was a stressful time uh, and I got back and um yeah it was it was it was it was good I'm going to have more to say about it I figure since this this conversation went so long um I will do another episode uh, uh going into more detail about some of this stuff but I just Wanted to give you a little tidbit, I guess, about uh, my life and times, <laughs> for for what the fuck ever this is worth. Yeah, it's weird being back in the states, but I'm glad to be back. Um, life is stressful, you know. It's never not stressful, but at least I'm not, you know, six thousand miles away. So that's pretty good. if you didn't catch emily lynch's stuff or details and things uh, i'll have links in the description of this episode you should uh check out my patreon patreon.com slash I recently kind of revamped it i'm trying to figure out how to do more like podcast specific stuff because it is right now mostly based on my uh youtube show but anyway once again that's patreon.com slash l-t-a-s all of the music that you heard in this episode is by insane in the rain cover is by emily Bumgarner. I am on Twitter at HMS no fun and also at TransQ Podcast. If you have questions or comments or other various thoughts, please send me an email at transquestioningpodcast at gmail.com. If you've got like stories or stuff, um, that I'll read them on the show and I'll respond to them. It'll be it's 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 a good time. I'm actually gonna go through some stuff in the next episode, so get hyped for that. Listeners, you ever get hyped for podcasts? Is that a thing people do? You're sitting in your room by yourself like, Oh man, I'm getting so fucking hyped, waiting for 6am to roll around. I have my podcast episodes scheduled to go up 6am on Wednesdays. Why did I pick 6am? I don't know, it's a mystery. Maybe go to patreon.com L-T-A-S to find out. The answer's not there. <laughs> Every other answer is, but not that one.